Welcome to the Other Kingdom Podcast. Join Fred Betcher, Aaron Colago, and Levi Ellerton as they explore ministry and discipleship through the lens of the kingdom. This is season one. I'm a pilgrim here on the side of the grave, divide. I'm a pilgrim here, but I'll walk with you for a while. Hey, welcome everyone to The Other Kingdom, a podcast by North Point College in Grand Rapids. I'm Levi, the recruitment coordinator here at North Point, and we have some of uh, the best people in the room today, as always. To my right, I have the pastor, Aaron Colago. Hello. What's going on? Not a lot. Just being here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then in front of me, I have the Father Fred. Hello, Fred. Pastor. Levi, Betcher. how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Good. That's good. Hey, and today we actually have a special guest with us, and we're actually really, 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 really excited. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? I'm definitely excited. No, I've been really pumped. Um, this guy, this man, has really spoken a lot into my life. I remember sitting at uh, a kitchen table um, with him, and he kind of shared what success in ministry looks like. And as a child, I thought it was like growing this massive church, and like that's what I needed to do, just get people to my church. And mm-hmm. and he challenged that. So, um, man, if you would w- w- welcome with me, I don't know, in your yeah. car or uh, in your in your headphones, maybe clap a little, but the <laughs> president, huh. Trent Roberts, Woo! is with us. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. I'm hoping right now that you guys have a full audience just screaming behind <laughs> track. Come on. They, they might, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could, yeah, like, we'll just, you know, we'll I make, know. We'll make it huge. I can get some students, like, you know, clapping here, and we have a clap light on. It's like, clap for your president. Yeah, there you go. So, so Trent is the president-elect, or the president Oh, the president of North Point Bible College. I hope so. I hope I'm not the president-elect. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm a few months behind. Yeah. <laughs> but, Trent, uh, we are really uh, grateful to have you on the podcast as we talk. Um, we've been talking about calling and purpose. And when we started talking about the Other Kingdom podcast, one of the things that we did was share about how we got to North Point, mm-hmm. where we are today, uh, our story, and our calling. And so that's what I want to ask you first is, how did you get where you are now and what your calling looked like? And yet, take us down a journey of your life, I guess. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, geez, that could take up the whole time. I mean, <laughs> for me, it, you know, growing up overseas, you know, my parents were missionaries. So the ministry was something I saw firsthand from the very start. Uh, and, I, and I saw the, the goodness of it, the challenges of it, and also kind of the the ugliness of it at times, and not because of my parents, just because the more you're you're around those stages, just the more you see, the more you encounter, the more yeah. uh, just you're going to be aware of, of some of these things and some of the inconsistencies, but also you're aware of God in the process. And you know, as I grew older, one of the things I I I, I came to realization was that you know I, I had a love for people and I had a love to help and serve. And I thought the best way to do that was through the kingdom, of course. And it probably wasn't until I was, you know, late 16 years old, I was at a youth event in uh, Toronto at the Toronto Airport Blessing. And uh, it was an altar call and had a vision about ministry. And that was when I really realized I was being called. Still didn't know how that unfolded. But from that point on, my life was kind of set in a trajectory of understanding that God was going to be a part of the future. Um, I knew that I was never called to be the quote-unquote traditional minister of, of a pastor of a congregation of 50, 25, 100, whatever it be, that that wasn't really the, the framework that was a part of me. 
But really just in pursuing God and daily obedience, I found myself continually finding myself in alignment. I mean, at one point it was when I was a janitor at a church. I, I became a bus driver for a church for bus ministries. I mean, you name it, I've done it all mm-hmm. in a church. Um, from kids' ministries to youth to young adults to Sunday school, uh, and just being willing to serve in whatever capacity I could. And when there was an open door, they'd ask, and I would I would just take it. Um, and next thing I know, reading the book High Adventure in Tibet, found myself overseas. And yeah. then, uh, you know, from there, I served from 2003 till about 2020 due to COVID, served in, in missions uh, in the Himalayan Plateau. Um, and then with COVID closing those doors, found myself wondering what God would have for me next because so long of my life, so much of my life been invested in that journey mm-hmm. that when COVID shut the door, I really had to kind of re-envision and re- me and my wife had to have some real prayer time and just open up some difficult dialogues about where our expectations and the call of God aligned. Um, and next thing you know, we found ourselves here mm-hmm. and we recognize some divine confirmations from the Lord in this transition of the season and before we knew it, um, but I mean, it all started too, like when I'm home, you know, Dr. Lidbeck would call me or JP would call me and say, would you be willing to teach a class? And I just, it's a willingness. It started from that point on and just being able to step in willing to serve in those places. I'd say that's one of the reasons I'm here and one of the reasons I found myself in this position among these people. Yeah. And we are so glad for, that you're here. Yeah. You know I mean that, that's yeah, awesome. seriously, it's been really great to work, work for you and be in the office with you. You get uh, candy. What are the what? What candy do you have on your desk? <laughs> Zots. Zots. Yeah. Zots. You get throw those at me and tell me to eat them, and then they just make my mouth just drool and fuzz. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh, you've been a lifelong uh, friend of me and, and a mentor, yeah. and I've looked up to you, and I'm just I so thankful that. for you. Yeah, and and we're so excited that you're here yep. to share about yeah, calling. It's been it's been really cool to um you know kind of just to I don't know maybe applaud you in the way that you did step in uh like both Aaron and I were here on staff yep. uh when you were coming here to do um to work as a professor and and pick up some classes and um it was just so great to like get to know you during that time and yeah. then to see when when J um former president JP Dorsey announced that he was going to be stepping down um and moving on to the next area of his calling in ministry, um, like the transition from him to you was just so like natural yeah, and seamless. Um, I, I don't know. That was just such a an awesome, I think, example to so many of us of what um, a, maybe a, a course change in calling looks like, and even. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that God leads and opens doors and, and makes the next stage of ministry um, almost appear out of thin air. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we're, we are so grateful. I just want to echo that with what Levi said. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so grateful to, to have you here and um, be leading the, the charge here. I appreciate it. It's a joy. I tell Kay all the time, you know, I think the biggest challenge is it's so easy working with a community like this that Sometimes you can almost work too much because it doesn't have the weight <laughs> yeah. other jobs do. I mean, it has its weights, don't get me wrong, but no, you're, you're not carrying anything alone. You're carrying stuff with everybody, and, mm-hmm. and you want to be there to carry with others because you understand how everyone's committed to the task and for the mission here. So it's great. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. 
So the the big topic of the day is calling. I know that when you travel and you share, um, you talk about calling. Um, yeah. And when you, uh, I mean, I remember when I was young and you would talk to me about calling. Um, but we're just, I know that calling is a big word and we tried to, to dissect that a little bit in our last episode. Um, but would what would you say, like, how how would you prepare for your calling or should you prepare for your calling and and then maybe what and then maybe this is the third question that should be answered first but like how do you know that you are called okay um, was that a lot of questions really, no i think I, i'm going to i think we'll start at how do you know you're called yeah mm-hmm. and i think that you know there's this revelation i think a lot of us have that we assume that the calling is some angelic supernatural you know voice from heaven that thunders or some theophany that takes place in our life that tells us, you know, God is present and active. And I would be honest that, you know, my, my initial call was a vision. I mean, I, I, I stepped into a moment during a revival, I stepped out and I had a, had an encounter. I didn't quite understand what that encounter meant yet, but I had an encounter. Um, and I would say, you know, one of the first steps is making sure that you have an encounter with God, um, that a call isn't just something you you write yourself. It's not something you pick up off the shelf. It's, it's going to come from interaction with God. And so if you, if you don't know if you're called or not, I'd say the first step is making sure that you're in places that, are, that you can encounter His presence and that you let Him know that you have a willingness. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me wonder sometimes, you know, kind of the chicken or the egg, you know, what comes first? Is it me telling God I'm willing or God letting me know I'm willing? You know, I don't, I don't know which one that is, but <laughs> I know that when I acknowledge the willingness... Um, saying, God, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to to step out of my seat, come to an altar and say, if you would have work for me to do, I'll do it. But it's his job to communicate that clearly. But it's our job to posture and position ourselves to hear. Um, and he'll speak amidst our culture. He'll speak amidst all the things that's going on, as long as we keep positioning and posturing ourselves in a place to hear. Um, he has that ability. And I'd say that's the first step is just making sure there's a willingness. Um, yeah. And then... You know, and seeking it, I think it's okay to ask God, "What would you have me do? What would you have me do?" Yeah. Um, and uh, and not, and not feel. I think the problem with the problem with being older now is that I look at younger people and I want to shake them and be like, "Just chill out, like just enjoy this season of life you're in with God. Don't try to keep putting bows on everything and get to the next." Like God really delights in the process, um, mm-hmm. and and I think even a call of what, letting a call form. It's nothing that we can force. It's just something we surrender to, and God yeah. does it, and we receive, and we respond. Um, when you say letting a call form, does that mean that our call can like change from when we initially heard it? Or oh yeah, I would it? think so. I mean, I think that there's different points of calls in Scripture that we see. I mean, there's you know there's calls of profession. There's calls of acts. I mean, Jonah's called to to a specific city at a specific time. Amos is called from the shepherding fields to go deliver a word, and he delivers the word with the assumption he returns back to the shepherding fields. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Isaiah, wow. Jeremiah, all these things take different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's times that we're called to specific moments. There's times that we're called to specific seasons. And there may be times we're called to life, lifelong service in areas. I mean, for me, what, what directed me was that, you know, I felt a call towards Tibet, I never actually lived within the country of Tibet itself. I lived among where there was Tibetans at times, but it was always in pursuit. It was always in, I was always on the right trajectory of pursuing the call, but because of certain things, you know, social aspects, social political aspects in China and 
laws. I didn't have the ability to actually live inside Tibet. Mm. Um, and so was my call ever fulfilled? Was it not fulfilled? You know, those, I think that sometimes we get a little too specific in the call. Yeah. Um, we become too destinationally minded rather than like the journey minded um, and, and really directionally minded that the call directs us to things. Mm. And that, you know, and here I am now in Grand Rapids in the Mecca of, of you know, <laughs> Michigan, you know, theology and yeah. reformed and yeah. Christian and publishing houses up the wazoo and churches on every corner. And I mean, I've gone from the darkest of darkest to considerably almost the lightest of lightest, like, and not that there's not any darkness here, but, you know, but have I neglected the call? No, I'd say that the call has brought me directly here. Yeah. And I think sometimes that we can encounter a call when we're 16 with the idea that we never have to hear from God again. Yeah. But the call is is yeah. a continual encounter with him. Wow. And continually bringing that call, it's his call not ours. Yeah. And and to almost have to offer that back to him at times um, and allow him to reshape it accordingly as he sees fit because it's his call not ours. I really resonated with what you said um, just as I've seen like the call that I felt at one point in my life takes so many different shapes and lead in so many different um, capacities of ministry that like, I didn't even have those on my horizon when I started. It wasn't like, yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to do that. I mean, I mean a very small example of that would be um, leading worship was not something that I ever thought that I would do. I didn't, the only thing I played was the drums and mm. there's not a whole lot of drummer worship leaders that are out there. Um, but then, you know, develop some skills that I didn't have at the time of yeah. my calling that actually led me in to do some things that were even things that I didn't even know I was passionate about Absolutely. at the time. Absolutely. I mean, I think we, I think in our Western mind, we love to compartmentalize the call to, and we love to define it and confine it to such a precision. You know, I'm called to uh, minister to people on the this island and this Pacific Isle that struggle with this one thing that are working with, um, you know, and so we, we narrow it down. So to such a, a, a small population, almost assuming that's more spiritual, but I, I really don't see that even in scripture. I mean, I never see Paul. I mean, he talks Gentiles and Jews. I mean, that's his classification groups. And that's the only two groups that existed to their mindset. Um, there was, and I mean, even when we talk about, I'm called to youth, I'm called to young adults. Mm -hmm. I, I'm called to pastor, I'm called to kids. A lot of it is driven out of the experience they have. That you, they find the call. And so young people are often driven, Say they recognize a call to youth because that's where they're recognizing their experience and their heart and their heartbeat is. You know, and, and as you develop more and as you grow more after being in youth for 10, 15 years, you start to say, I feel God directing my heart now to senior pastoring or something. And, and next thing you know, there's senior pastoring. And then from senior pastoring, it's, you know, I feel called into this area or education or this, because as... Just like Fred said, as, as you develop more competencies and capacities, the call has more opportunities to expand the way God can use you and grow you. And, and I think that the call is something that we're continually walking in and discovering and unfolding. I mean, I think of Dr. Lidbeck, who is, I mean, his undergraduate was engineering, if I'm right, and then he goes into theology, and now, mm -hmm. and he pastors successfully for you know, 20 plus years, and now he's a profound educator here at North Point and the academic dean, and, and now he's an author. And, and writing theology, I mean, had God told him when he first called him into that first step, here's everything I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you. 
I got to believe he'd be like, there ain't a chance, I'm out. <laughs> you know, but, but as he's growing, he keeps leading him to the next step. As he's faithfully seeking God, he's kind of caught in his presence and the current takes him there. I mean, I, I just, it's something I see continually in people is that the call starts off, but the call's continually being shaped, continually being formed. I always say, hold it loosely and write in pencil because you don't want to write in pen so deeply that you don't allow God to continually shape it and you actually ignore his leading. Um, or you become, I mean, I could be still kicking at the door of Tibet saying, no, but I'm called. I have to, I have to live here to fulfill my calling. I have to be here to, like, no, I, I, it's his calling and he, he has the right to rework it at any moment. Um, and I am obedient to it. Mm. Sounds like there has to be such a surrender with calling, right? A surrender of our control and us writing it. And, and I think a lot of times what I see often, especially in young people and probably even myself, is this need to really have it dialed in because it does give me a sense of control and I can sort of write my narrative of significance for the kingdom of God. I don't yeah, even think sometimes yeah. our, our, our need to be significant is always like awful. I think we were made by yeah. God for significance, you know? And so I think sometimes we really want to like just keep our hand on it so that we can make sure we have a metric of our, are we being successful in this world? Yes. But it's a whole lot of surrendering. Metrics. No. Yeah. That's like another, that's just awesome. <laughs> like metrics in the kingdom of God. But Upside down. Yeah. No. What does success look like? <laughs> the kingdom of God in the <laughs> metric units. <laughs> what do we call them? Oh, that's feet. <laughs> well, um, so so Trent, let me run you. So I travel a lot, obviously, uh, as a recruiter, and um, yeah. I talk to students who are and 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 people, adults um, as well, who are sorry, not not just students. <laughs> sorry, I only talk to young people. How old are you? Yeah. Can't talk to you. You don't qualify. <laughs> You're dead to me. No, but uh, one of the things I've noticed, and and I'm, I mean is someone's called the ministry and then they're like, okay, what's next? Like, and so I've seen, and I've heard sometimes of them saying, and this kind of goes in the question about like preparing for the calling, but, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they'll be like, all right, I've been called. How do I get there as fast as I can? Yeah. I think that was my story when I came to North point, I was like, all right, can't wait to get my degree. I'll be stellar. Look great on my office door at the church. (laughs) I'm youth pastoring in because I want to get there as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, but, did you try to take like 25 credits or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, Pastor Aaron actually told me to go for it in uh, one you semester. Told him to go for it. Uh, President oh, JP looked me in the eyes and said, "Are you an idiot?" <laughs> and uh, God for President JP. <laughs> I said, My, you don't need to sleep, do you? I'm, you can do it. Like, you can, yeah, just go for it. You can that. be in two classes at one time. You could be in two classes. It's like a Harry Potter theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Turns out you're a muggle. Oh, so. my gosh. Yeah, it, I'm glad I didn't do that. But, um, I mean, would you speak on to this, maybe the person who is called the ministry, uh, young or old, uh, man or woman who wants to do what God is calling them and they begin their journey of calling, like um, just about that, like should they be trying to get there as fast as they can? Maybe not from what we just learned, uh, but like what does that look like and how would you respond to someone who's like, I've been called, like now what? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think that timing is really essential and I think it's really important to recognize that that they didn't stumble on the call of God, but God in his perfect timing revealed it at that time. Um, and usually he reveals it because 
it initiates action. It initiates opportunity. And he doesn't just give it to us and say, in five years, we're going to talk about this again. I think when he get, when he really brings it into our mind and places it in our heart to where we can actually start to see it and recognize it's being shaped. And of course, it's not in its fullness yet. And I think there is a place to where we, we're called to action um, to respond to it accordingly. Um, and that part of that might be praying over it for a bit. Part of it might be meditating on it. I think, number one, I would encourage people who feel called to make sure you build relationships with people that you respect in the ministry that are associated to that call. So if it's youth, you know, find a good youth pastor that you have a higher level of respect for that seems to maintain a, a level of integrity and, and do your best to, to track with him or her and, and learn and inquire and develop a, a larger inventory of knowledge of what this call requires. Um, I would say even if it's called to, to missions or a ministry, you know, begin to expose yourself to some new authors that might be suggested to you and begin to put more in the filing cabinet for the Holy Spirit to kind of lead and direct you through. If it's, um, for instance, if it's missions, I, I always encourage people, if you feel called to missions, I met with a student earlier this month who, who said they had a call. I said, well, if you have a call, the first thing I encourage you to do is, is pick up a missionary and begin supporting them. You know, mm-hmm. you need to actually start investing value into the area you feel called in um, and serving in that. You can't serve logistically in that capacity because you're here in this place and that's way over there. But what you can do is serve financially. You can still bring value to it. You're still investing in something you believe in. And God blesses that and recognizes it. Also, begin praying for different countries in the world. You're like, well, I feel called to missions, but I don't know where. Man, begin praying every week for a different continent. And, and start watching documentaries about those places, watching videos, watching, you know, engage and draw information in these different areas. Um, and I'd say that's the first steps because the more information you have, the more opportunity God has to direct and lead you through it. Um, and you might, you might find yourself moving without even realizing you're being led. Um, but I would say whatever you do, stay in motion and, and watering that call and watering those things with information, encounter, and relationship. That's good. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I like that. Especially, like, things like, I love how you said, like, if you're called the missions, like, watch documentaries on places. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's really practical. So our podcast is called The Other Kingdom. We're exploring what it means to live and be Christ followers and do ministry in, as, as members of the other kingdom. Um, what does that look like? with calling, especially as we've also been talking about calling this afternoon, what does that look like intersecting with the other kingdom? Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about the other kingdom, or really what I'd say is like the only kingdom, yeah. uh, be, you know, when I think about calling, it's invitation to participate. It's, it's God's design to, to step into my, my reality and invite me into his. Um, and it invites me into a journey that I would have never imagined. Um, and it invites me into participation in ways I didn't understand possible. Mm. Um, I, I couldn't have written this script without him stepping in. And, and his invitation invited me daily to grow in my competencies, capacities, in my relationships, in my leadership, uh, in my communication, in my craft. Um, didn't even realize that each step of the way, he had a purpose and intention that I didn't have full comprehension of at the time. But, you know, it's that kind of looking through the veil. You know, I'm seeing the back of the tapestry. 
and I'm getting a thread here and a thread there day by day, but I, I'm still not seeing it. And, you know, I'm not even seeing the full picture yet, but I'm seeing the invitation of God. And I trust the process now in ways I never did before. Um, because he he has, you know, the Missio Dei is, is what it all comes down to for me. And the call is that invitation into this kingdom crashing and breaking into this reality, um, into this world and this time is that, and I think that without his invitation, without his call and anointing and, and really empowerment, I mean, all we're left with, we'd be striving, I think, for just betterment and not kingdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and his kingdom extends far better than any, any vain attempt by man. And to know that I'm, I'm invited into being equipped and qualified and empowered, and, to know, and I think the call does that. It tells me that I'm that he's given me, you know, one of the things I have to tell Dr. Lidbeck is, you know, walk in the authority of your calling because that man is called mm-hmm. and he has a strong authority in that calling. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I'm like, if I got a mountain, I'm going to be like, Dr. Lidbeck, can you tell that mountain to move, please? <laughs> you know, because, I mean, he has an authority there. And, and realizing that his calling has granted him that um, and that over the years of his obedience and faithfulness, God has almost granted him more and even deeper levels into intimacy and knowledge that that I want to kind of live in the shadow of that if I can mm-hmm. um, and learn from it. And, and I think that, that those are all avenues where I see the calling intersecting and encountering and really just inviting us into this other kingdom, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So um, as we kind of conclude this episode, we usually share a story about, you know, what we're talking about. And, and so Trent would, would you share about like the story of David and how that actually like can te- what that can teach us about calling, maybe what we can learn from that story? Um, and I know it's like a, you said eight chapters long, so we won't read that. You can open up your Bible app and listen to it if you want, and <laughs> make it sound like Trent's voice. I don't know, but it's a Trent paraphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, just from narrative base, you know, I think that it kind of comes back even to that whole encouraging young people and even young or old just to relax and trust that. The author of the call and the, the really the owner of the call, the one who owns it, is the one who will establish it. You know, growing up, there's a statement that was often said to us, you know, if God calls you, he will qualify you. And that, that, that kind of sets a lot of people up for failure. The assumption is that the call itself is what qualifies you. And really what it is is that God's call puts us on the path to developing our qualifications and skill sets and the craft in all those areas. Um, and I think about David, you know, that he's in the shepherding fields being faithful, being obedient as a shepherd, tending his sheep. Um, and Samuel shows up and gets called in the house and has oil poured over his head. He's anointed the king of Israel, set apart. Um, and David, But David returns immediately, most likely, back to the, the shepherding fields. And the next time we see him in Scripture, he's, he's with Goliath and standing before the you know, and it seems like this would be his moment to shine and take take and establish his calling. And he does walk away victorious, but it initiates a whole other issue with Saul in that the song shows up that David has killed this many and Saul's killed this many. And, you know, they're praising David for what he's done. And from that point on, David's life just goes into disarray. He has to flee for his life because Saul's pursuing him. Um, he runs to Gath. At one point, he has to act insane to preserve his life in the courts of his enemies. And it even says in scripture that he lets spittle run down his beard. He's acting so crazy. Um, And, and they're kind of like, if this is the David, the mighty one they sang about, let him be, he's just a crazy man. And, 
at one point he, he has to go to the cave of Adullam and, and he starts a life there because uh, he's with, quote unquote, the mighty men, but people who are pretty much of second tier status. Um, all this time, Saul's still pursuing him. Even his wife is giving him a lot of trouble. He has to flee as a fighter. He's, he, at one point, he's fighting for the Philistines, the very people who he, he fought with Goliath. He's now fighting with them. And they find out who he is. Some people are upset. So he's kicked out of that army even. Um, and and it, it's just moment after moment of disappointment. He's starving at one point and has to steal the showbread from the holy place. Um, and finally, you know, his wives are captured. He has to go rescue them. And really, it's not until Saul dies that David actually takes the throne. And the assumption in theology and scripture is that it's almost 16 years from the point when he's anointed with oil as the king, to the point that he actually finds himself sitting as the king of Israel. And I think that what we forget about is that the calling invites us in to this formationary process that, that, that begins to equip us, because David understands what it's like to be hungry now. David understands what it's like to be pursued by an enemy. And as you read the Psalms and a lot of the stuff that he writes, you see that resonating in there and that we recognize that God is the provider, that God is the protector, that God is the one, because David had actually lived it out, mm-hmm. not just heard the message. It was real and proven to him. And so he leads out of that place and I think that in the call, God will invite us to learn things about who he is more than about who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, in essence, is what the call is going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to position us to tell people and equip people about who he is, not about who we are. Yeah. And, and that 16 years of David's formation were, were so important. Had he rushed it, had he taken the throne early. And he had opportunities when Saul comes out and is, and is squatting outside his entrance of the cave. And David just takes a piece of his garment. Um, David could have taken it by force, but he trusts God with the call, with the anointing to establish him the proper time because God's timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And to me, that shows why David is considered a man after God's own heart. And, and that's really the pursuit that we should be having is we're, we're after God, we're not after the call. Yeah. That's good. You really like that. Yeah. That's freshman Levi definitely needed to hear that for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> but um I think yeah. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> Good. And every day. Well, that's about all the time we have. President Trent, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you guys. Thank you so much. This yeah. is great. Thanks for being on the podcast, but that's all we got everyone. We'll walk with you for a while. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Other Kingdom Podcast brought to you by North Point College. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to any resources mentioned in the conversation and subscribe or follow the show from your favorite podcast platform.